interesting. We're in the middle of this uh, series, I guess, here around this word, flourish. Uh, the, Lord gave, the Lord gave me that word for this year, for 2015, for us personally, for you personally, and then for our church corporately, that this would be a year that we flourish. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, verse 3, he that is planted by the river south flourish. And this is a psalm that we quote a lot here. And uh, also in Psalms chapter 92, uh, the Bible says that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, be strong like the cedars of Lebanon. We could go on from that. Uh, lots of good scriptures on this word flourish and flourish a lot of times is used as a, a term that has to do with plants and, and agriculture and uh, that, that, that certain plants can flourish more or flourish less dependent upon the conditions and uh, if we just start and just look at the definition here of flourish in your worship guide it says a person animal living organism that will grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment last week we just looked at the fact that flourishing I want you to expect flourish but I want you to accept the conditions in other words flourishing is not automatic I got some plants that I've done really well with, and I have some that are dead. How I many y'all have any of those plants? Ah, yes. Every spring, right? You go, you go spend all this money at the, at the garden center. Is that what it's called? Green Gate Garden Center. Go over there and pick up some nice stuff. Woo! But, but you know, in a month, say, man, what happened? Well, you took it out of an environment which is a greenhouse. Water comes on three times a day. Humidity's just right. And then you put it in your little courtyard, and you ain't watered it in a month. Poor thing's starving to death. Ground's all cracking. You killed it. That's what you did. Same plant, two different environments. One flourishes, and one is now down the hill. You know what I mean? Down the hill. You pull it up. Throw it down the hill where nobody can see it. Run over it with the lawnmower. Just spread, the, spread that dirt all over the yard. And there's no, 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 no trace of it ever being there. You spent $40 on that ficus. What? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was I pointing at you. Oh, I, was, I wasn't pointing. I didn't mean I was pointing at you. I was, I was just, that, was just a, that was just a hypothetical point. Yeah, it was just a hypothetical point. I meant to be doing like that whenever I pointed at the dead ficus. I didn't mean to be, be doing anything remotely like that. So your flourishing has, has to do with, with environment. And we, we've been looking at that, and we're going to look at that because we're talking about flourishing through fasting. And there's a lot of part of, of flourishing and fasting. You think, how could you possibly fast, uh, flourish by not getting enough of something that's good? doesn't make sense but last week we saw that sometimes uh, for things to flourish it takes uh, some good fertilizer fertilizer comes from chickens a lot of times and cows and uh, it, it's otherwise called mess but sometimes you got to go through some mess you go through some mess and you seem to flourish by going through coming out of some mess have you ever gone through some mess come out of some mess you say, man, man, how do my roses do so good when I dump mess all over them? I don't know, but they do. They flourish, right? So sometimes uh, it takes things that, that through our mind we think, well, that's not going to work. Taking that stuff from my chicken and putting it on my roses, that's not going to work. And, and it works. And here through fasting, cutting away or taking away something that's seemingly good in order to be better doesn't all the time just make a whole lot of sense. And yet, this is something Jesus said when you fast. So I'll just tell you this. I'm serious. Some of you, uh, 
uh, are, are going to do this fast and you're going to get through it and you're going to be like a, you're going to pat yourself on the back. Woo! You're going to think I'm a hero. I'm done forever. No, no, no. No, you're not. Sorry, Ann. We'll be crossing this bridge. As long as you're in Christ, this is something Jesus said that, that is, that is uh, to be a part of your life. So I encourage you, after you finish these 21 days, uh, to, to do it, to carry it somehow, and uh, put it into your lifestyle. I've been fasting now, I guess, for ever since uh, I was in Bible college. The Lord, years ago, he, he prompted me, he had me to fast. I did Bible college for a couple of years. And every Wednesday uh, at lunch till Thursday at lunch, I wouldn't eat anything. I just drank water. And I was probably, what, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old. Oh, man, I get so hungry. Oh, man, I just felt like my guts were eating themselves. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. You, you go from hungry to you just, you just feel like, I'm starving to death. And all your friends that get out of Bible college, they all going to BJ's Pizza or going somewhere like that. Man, isn't it good, Christian? Oh, man, you go to the place and you think, oh, God, I'm so hungry, so hungry. But, but I did that for two years from Wednesday at lunch to Thursday at lunch. I wouldn't eat anything. And I only remember, I think, one time that I ever broke it. In other words, I just couldn't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. And, uh, and, I, and I, I ate. And uh, it's funny because I don't remember really all the days that I didn't break it, but I remember that one that I did. Yeah. And... Uh, of course, God don't, I'm not say God doesn't care, but, but you know, in my mind, I think, you punk, big sissy, couldn't do it, could you? Couldn't do it. Uh, so, but, but I did that for, for a couple of years, and then there would be other times when the Lord, I would fast. Uh, uh, last year, we did 21 days, and then I did 21 days in June. I didn't announce it to the church, just felt like it had been six months halfway through the year. I needed to do it again, so I did it again. There's been several years where I would do three days uh, a month. I'd take three days a month and would just do water and juice. So I'd do that 12 times a year, just so that... Every month, I, I don't know, and I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm telling you that once you get through this 21 days, don't be surprised if the Lord come a-knocking. Don't be surprised three months from now or six months from now whenever you're up against an obstacle you don't know what to do, you don't know how to respond, and the Lord brings that word to you. It's not the devil. The devil's not going to inspire you to quit eating. It's quite the opposite, right? The devil's going to inspire you to the golden corral. Pull in there three chocolate fountains. That's his inspiration. So your inspiration for that is not going to come from, from the devil. It's going to, the Lord will prompt you to do that. Why? Because there's supernatural benefits to it. In the Bible, all throughout the Bible, from, from the beginning to the end, you have these people that would fast. Esther, can you, uh, let's just say, and I'll have to go through some of these kind of quick, uh, but, but Esther, uh, they, they were going to uh, Holocaust, basically. How many of y'all know what the Holocaust is? Hitler killed six million Jews. He was trying to exterminate that race. Well, that was not the first time that it happened. Back in Esther's day, uh, a, a creed went out that says, every person that's a Jew, we're going to exterminate them, that whole nation from the face of the earth. And they started building, building gallows so that they could be hung. But Esther said, uh, 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 
I'm going to fast. My maidservants are going to fast. Get the people to fast. And for three days, we're not going to eat any food or drink any water. How many of y'all know that's pretty hardcore? You go three days without any liquids or food, and uh, that's, that's pretty significant. But how many of y'all know sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures? Whenever you're, whenever you're looking at death in the face, what's three days? What, what's three days? I mean, what, what do we have to lose here? I would rather starve to death and go out like that than go out swinging from a gallop. And they did. How many of y'all know they didn't starve to death? How many of y'all know that the people that built the gallows were the ones that wound up swinging on them? Why? Because Esther fasted. Samuel fasted. Daniel fasted. Three, day, uh, three weeks, he says, I won't eat any pleasant bread. That means uh, no cupcakes, no, no, no bread. He said, I wouldn't eat any bread. He says, I won't have any drink except water. I only eat vegetables. And the Bible says that, that, that God made him ten times smarter than everybody else in the nation. I mean, I would say I would give up Twinkies for 21 days if I could be ten times smarter than everybody else in the nation what a result are you kidding me what I mean 10 times smarter than than Zuckerberg he's done well he's done really well and be 10 the Bible says that he was 10 times smarter than everybody else that God favored him gave him wisdom and honor and statue Paul fasted because he didn't know what to do how many of y'all have ever been in a situation you didn't know what to do he just got converted. He just became a Christian. He's on the road to Damascus. A light shone down from heaven, knocked him off a horse. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And he says, What do you want me to do? And he says, Go here to this city. And the Bible says that once Paul got to that city, he fasted for three days. He didn't eat anything. And after his fast was over, the Lord told him what his assignment was for the rest of his life. How many people approach me as a pastor saying, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what my purpose is. And yet here, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was at a point in his life he didn't know what his purpose was, but he quit eating for three days and he found out. Jesus Christ. How many of y'all like him? He's all right. (laughs) Jesus. Savior of the world. Jesus Christ. The one that that we ask into our heart, that we give our life for, he gets baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist who fasted all the time. The Bible says all he ate really was honey and locust. Lord. And yet he was the one that was used to prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus Christ gets baptized. The Bible says the minute he came out of that water, he went and he didn't eat for 40 days. He just got saved, not saved, he didn't need to be saved. But he just got baptized in his first act after baptism to get the plan of God for his life was to not eat for 40 days. How many people get baptized and go through Christianity without ever knowing what they were designed to do? Because they never took the time to go into the wilderness. The Bible says the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days, and the devil visited him there. I can tell you, if you get on a real good fast, the devil going to come visit you. He's going to come visit you. He visited Jesus. He said, turn these stones into bread, because the Bible says he knew that he was hungry. Well, I guess so. I guess he was hungry. He says, throw yourself off of this cliff. And he, he tempts him three times in the middle of his fast. Jesus did not break the fast. And I'm convinced the reason he made it through the cross is because he made it through the fast.
If he would have quit the fast, he would have quit on the cross. But he had already been to hell and back because he was in a wilderness for 40 days being assaulted by the devil. So whenever the devil brought the end assault in the form of crucifixion, he did not drink the wine. He did not say a word whenever Pilate brought the accusations against him. He had self-control through the whole thing that he found the day after he got baptized. How did he find it? He found it through fasting. And that's like four examples. I could give you ten of people. Uh, Nineveh and Joah and Joel. Uh, I, I even wrote some. Elisha, he fasted 40 days. Moses fasted 40 days. Uh, Esther, Paul, Daniel, the disciples. How many of y'all remember whenever the, the Jesus, uh, he, he comes down from a mountain after being fast. He was fasting. He comes down from the mountain. And, and, and this man runs up to Jesus and he says, Are you... I brought a demon-possessed person to your disciples, and they can't cast the devil out of him. Jesus says, bring him here. Leave him. Right? You know what I mean? Boom. And the evil spirits leave. And then, and then what did the disciples ask Jesus? They said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast the demon out of this boy? Anybody know what Jesus said to him? He said, these come out only by prayer and fasting. In other words, there's some spiritual strongholds that you won't get out by wishing them away, hoping them away, or even praying them away. There's some strongholds that are only broken according to Jesus through prayer and fasting. So, so this is some the reason I'm telling you this is I want you to get excited about it and to give you some fuel for it so in the middle of it, uh, you don't quit. Because there, there's benefits in you not quitting and we see it from the Old Testament all the way up through the New Testament and Jesus said, when you fast. So our fast uh, that, that we're announcing is no meats and no sweets. No meats and no sweets. So people say, well, what's meat? <laughs> you tell me. Well, is this meat? Was that meat? Uh, I was, I was uh, brought up, uh, who was I think it was Laura was asking me about fish because if you're Catholic, you can eat fish during Lent and things like that. And uh, my response to her was, is listen, uh, really, I understand that. And that's between you and the Lord. I'm going to tell you that you can't eat fish. I'm not going to tell you you can't eat any of it. This is a fast that's volunteer, right? This is totally 100% volunteer. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But I believe if you ask the Lord, you say, Lord, is fish, do you want me to have fish or do you care if I have fish? The minute you go to bite the tuna, down on the inside, you'll know, I, I'm not supposed to be eating this fish. Or you'll know I, that, that, that God's okay with it. But that's between you and God. It has nothing to do with me. We're doing no meats and no sweets, which just means if it's meat that we don't eat it for 21 days. And if it's sweet, we don't eat it. And people say, well, what's sweet? <laughs> Taste it, sucker. <laughs> I mean, if it's, well, what about sweet and low? It's called sweet and low. That's what it's called. What about this? What about that? Listen, that's between you and the Lord. Don't, you ain't got to ask me uh, everything. I'm telling you, we're doing no, no meats, no sweets. I do have good news for you. And the reason why we do no meats, no sweets is because many of you in here have never fasted before in your entire life. So this is a good introduction that's a challenge somewhat because it's 21 days. But it's not so difficult that it's not like you can't eat. Because you can still eat bread, pasta, rice, 
all your fruits, all your vegetables, egg, cheese, dairy. If you go hungry, something's wrong. Beans, lentils, bunch of them. Look out. <laughs> yes. Bean burgers, go for it. Rock them. Wonderful. So there's a lot that you can eat. It's not like you're going to be starving. Having said that, if it's not a challenge for you, then it's not fasting. So for you, I would encourage you, if you did this last year and you say, you know, it was really, there wasn't much of a challenge to it. It wasn't, it wasn't hard. Huddle approached me. He says, I don't like sweets and I really don't eat meat. So this fast is not going to benefit me. So I'm going to do this because this is what I love. And I said, well, now you're cooking. So if you're, if you're used to fasting, you fast a lot, you fast often, or, or this is not a, temp, a temptation to you because you're vegan or something, then you know, you're going to have to come up and, and ask the Lord, say, 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 what is it that you would have me to do uh, during this time frame? There's 24-hour fast, uh, there's 7-day fast in scriptures, 14-day fast, 21-day fast, 40-day fast, there's full fast, which is water only, there's partial fast, there's the Daniel fast, there's lots of different options. We're putting this one out there as 21 days of no meats and no sweets but it can be uh, changed if you need to if you're a, a sugar, sugar diabetic or something you need to ask your doctor and he may say yeah you can fast but you're going to need to eat four jelly beans uh, when you wake up in the morning and if you got to eat four jelly beans then eat your four jelly beans my daddy was a diabetic so I know drink a cup of juice whatever you got to do listen whatever you need to do or got to do uh, I encourage you to do it. There's benefit in it. We see it in Scripture, and I've proven it out. The Lord, many times, the Lord, there'll, there'll be times whenever something supernatural happened, and the Lord would point me back to a time that I fasted. And it maybe even has been months previous, and yet uh, what, what happened months ago, there's still a harvest on it. How many of y'all know if you plant an oak today, you may not get acorns off of that oak for 10 years, but for the next 50 years, it pours them on. How many of y'all know that? How many of y'all ever plant oak tree before? So you may not see any results for a long time, but then once they come, they can stretch out for the rest of your life. There's things my granny fasted about 200 years ago that I believe I'm walking in today because that's just how cool God is. Just the way he rolls. That's just the way he is. He, he, he doesn't think in time or space like we do. In his kingdom, there is no time or space. The Bible says in heaven, a thousand years is as a day, and as a day is a thousand years. So, so three days down here is like 3,000 3, years up there. It's just a whole different way of thinking. But if you can change your mind and, and purpose in your heart not to quit, that, then it can do things in you that, that money can't buy. I want to read, there's two passages, two, two things I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you concerning fasting. And, and the first one's in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 2. New King James Version says, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. In every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. In every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit Jesus here he says I'm the vine you're the branches he's the vine you could say Jesus could say I'm the body you're the arm I'm the body you're the leg Jesus here though his illustration is he says I'm the vine you're the branches the same sap that's in me is in the branches the same life 
that's in Jesus is in you. Come on, I'm, I'm going to wake you up now. I'm trying to wake up your spirit here. Amen. The same blood that's in Jesus is in you. The same potential to flourish that's in Jesus Christ is running through your veins. Everything God did in Jesus, He did for you. He came, lived, died, and rose again so that as long as you're connected to the vine, the power, life, opportunity, and potential of God is flowing through your destiny. He purchased and paid for that. Now, if you cut yourself off from His, if you aren't in union with Him, well, then you're just a limb on the ground. But as long as you're hooked up to Him, you're destined to flourish. He went out of His way to make sure that you could have life and life more abundantly. I mean, I remember that scripture, John 10, 10. Jesus says, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. How about 2 Corinthians five seventeen? It says, if any man is in Christ he is a new creature amplified says new in kind quality and new in species in other words if any man is in Christ which you are you're a brand new species you don't see yourself like that right you think I'm heavy you're a brand new species If any man be in Christ, you're a brand new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. As long as you're connected, you have within you the potential to super abundantly flourish. And yet, Jesus here says, but you need to be pruned. Pruned. You need some things lopped off of you. I brought my loppers. How many y'all know what these are? I was using these just, I guess, two days ago. I was out there cutting my roses because my roses won't quit growing. And we've talked about why they won't quit growing. They're flourishing because of the fertilizer that I put on them. That they got so tall that they made my they they looked raggedy, so I had to cut them all down. And now they've come back up. They're blooming right now, and it's freezing outside. So I had to go out there just to save their dear life. And I just started lopping the branches, cutting all the little flowers off, and throwing them in the yard. And I got the kids out there, and I'm out there pruning something that doesn't look like it needs to be pruned. It looks like it's doing amazing. How many y'all feel like you're doing amazing? You can raise your hand. You, can, you don't have to be modest in here. But even if you're doing amazing, the Bible says God will still clip on you. Yeah. Because He knows you can be more amazing than you're already amazing. And I'm here to tell you, y'all, you look amazing. Y'all are amazing. And yet, God, Jesus here, He says, my father's the, the vine dresser. And the, the, the things that need to be cut off in your life that aren't productive and fruitful, he says, you cut those things off and that's where fasting comes in. That's one way where through self-control, you just cut and hack off things in your life that are unfruitful. But the second thing that it does is not only does it take away things that don't need to be there, the things that are good. Still, he says... 
He makes them more fruitful. So through your fasting, you're saying, God, I want to cut things out of my life that don't need to be there. And I'm going to take this season to seek you and to find out what you have for me. And and not only that, God, I just want to be more more fruitful in 2015 than I was in 2014. And maybe 2014 was great. but, But here, Jesus said whether it was great or not so great, the pruning helps everybody. So this fasting and and this cutting away, it helps. Uh, It it helps you be more fruitful, to do more. Listen, we've been in ministry for for a long time now, and and I still have such a desire to do more. I'm not interested in settling. What am I going to settle for? There's nothing. No, I I want to be more. And, And this is one way where I just come to the vine dresser, and I say, God, if there's things in me that aren't fruitful, Cut them off. And if there's places in me that I can just explode and flourish and go even further, then, then, then let, let's cut that off too. Let, let's, let's do it. Let's do it in January. Now, the second thing that, 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 that I want to look at is this bicycle right here. I've never been on one of these before. Where's Tanya? She ain't here? She, she, she does the rolls. Anybody else go to the new spin gym? I stay as far away from that place as I can. Roll, spin, gym. You get in there. And the, and the reason, uh, uh, so is, is my wife, some years ago, it's probably five years ago, uh, she started dragging me to these spin classes. Uh, there was a time in my life, and I've got to hurry here. This will be the last thing I have to wrap this up. Is uh, I'd gotten, I w- I'd got to where uh, I, I, was, I weighed 199. And I said, I ain't hitting 200. Refused to hit 200. So I lost 40 pounds. But, but one way that I lost those is she said, Honey, you should come to spin with me. You should come to spin with me. Christian, let's go to spin. And, and you know, the first few times you just walk by and look in the window, right? You, so you just look. You just peek, you know. And there's mostly ladies in there. And then there's, you know, there's a couple guys. And there's, always, you know, there's one guy that's like hating life. And then there's another guy that goes way too much. You know, he's usually the instructor, you know. Our instructor, his name was Paul. And he had these little calves that looked like Nerf footballs. I mean, I'm talking, you walk behind him and you're like, man, look at those calves. They're like a little Nerf footballs. They're just like, wow. And now Paul, you know, he's spunky and got lots of charisma, you know. And he's built, you know. You know what I'm saying, built. Like he's just, just like, man, he's a spin instructor. <laughs> what more can you say? Uh so, uh, great guy. Oh, yeah, 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 great guy. Uh, my wife is so endearing, very wonderful. Uh, I'm not talking bad about Paul. I like his calves. I just gave him a great compliment. They're like Nerf footballs. What more could you want? So, so we, but we go to this class, you know. So I started, I started going to this class and would go pretty regular with her. But if you've ever been on one of these bicycles, the first time you're on it, you know, you're pedaling there and uh, everything seems like, oh, this isn't so bad. But then the music starts to change. <laughs> the tempo gets a little bit, a little bit hotter up in there. Like, 
man, they just start really going crazy. And then he starts hollering at you. And there's a little thing that you turn on it, this little thing right here. And the harder you turn, the, the harder it is to pedal. So they make it like you're like pedaling up Everest is what you feel like. You feel like, oh, my God, I'm pedaling up Everest right now. And he's hollering at you. And you're pedaling, you're pedaling, you're pedaling. And you feel like, man, you're not going to be able to do it. And it's going to be very hard and very difficult. And yet the class ends. And you feel really great, really great. You're really glad that you did it. But then the next day, how I many y'all know anything about the next day? The next day, you can't go upstairs. You can't go downstairs. You can't sit on anything, anything that you really need to sit on sometimes when you've got to go. You can't sit there, not correctly, and you can't sit in an easy chair. You can't sit anywhere. Anywhere you're sitting, you're really not sitting. You're more, you're hovering is what you're doing. You're, you're, you're doing everything. You just can't do it, and it's just horrible. But the second day, you go get on that bike, and it's worse than the first day. And you pedal, and it's just hard. It's just painful. And the third day, you pedal, and it, it's, it, the third day's worse than the second day, which is light years worse than the first day. Just horrible. But by the, the fifth or the sixth or the seventh day, you, your body changes. It adjusts. You get stronger, and you start to see results. Uh, I'm saying that is... Uh, depending upon whatever fast you're at, you're going to be tempted to get off of the bike. The Lord's trying to prune you, cut some things off of you so that you'll be more productive, cut things off of you that never needed to be there in the first place. And I don't know if you're like Esther or Daniel or, or like Paul or Samuel. All of those guys in the Bible were, 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 were fasting for different reasons. Elijah was suicidal. He said, God, there's nobody else but me. I want to die. Uh, kill me. And yet he's a prophet of God. And yet emotionally, he's not well. And yet he goes and he fasts for 40 days. Long fast. But from that point, uh, things, I mean, if you read First and Second Kings, he, he became one of the greatest prophets to ever walk this planet so for him, he was fasting for one reason. Esther was fasting for another. Paul needed direction. The disciples needed the ability to deal with some supernatural things that only come about by prayer and by fasting. So whether it's direction or if it's addiction or, or if it's uh, emotional or whatever it is, whatever the reason is, and, and to what length or to how far you push this thing, I want you to know there'll be times when it's painful. The second day and the third third day and the fourth day you'll feel like man this is really tough but if you'll stay on the bike by the fifth the sixth the seventh day your body will adjust and uh, your stomach will adjust and the the lord will meet you there he'll meet you there and if you're here and, and you say, you know, I, I don't have anything to fast about or fast for i want you to know i fasted many times for no reason just to exercise self-control, I'm not going to eat. And there were, there's been some of those times, though, that whenever I was seemingly fasting for no reason, and the one I'm speak of, thinking of particularly last year, I was doing a three-day fast, and the first day I was just fasting, just wasn't, you know, I wasn't even like really almost in tune with it. But the second day in my quiet time, the Lord just prompted me to fast for noble really kind of strange because I'd started to see some character flaws in Noble who's my son I started seeing him struggle with things that I struggled with and I didn't want that to hinder him for ever <laughs> 
because some strongholds in your mind and your thinking, and I gave it to him. That's why I could recognize it. And the Lord pointed it out to me and said, this is, this is one of the things that you need to be targeting in your prayer time was for his character. So I did. So I took the next day and a half, and that was part of my target. I just told the Lord, I said, I'm fasting for him, for his character, for these things not to be the things that he's afraid of, and of this and this, and the things I'm seeing him with his school and his friends. I can identify them because they came from Papa. This is what I want you to deal with, and I won't eat to get it. And you know, he really helped him. And I'm not going to say he's out of the woods yet, but I, it helped him, and I'll close with this. It, it helped him, and I started to see in a change in him, just in the way he responded. And said, I really I started seeing a noticeable difference. I told Elizabeth, I said, Noble, he's getting better. He's changing. Th- things are happening there. But not just that, but there would be times whenever uh, I would correct him for his character flaws and usually I would just want to beat it out of him. I mean, I know what I'm talking about if you're a parent and I would beat my kids, but you understand you think, I want to beat your butt right now. Yeah, that's what you're thinking and my natural response is, I'm going to punish this out of you, but because of my fasting, the Holy Spirit would just show me a different way to deal with that situation that would be more productive. Him pruning me here was able to make me more fruitful there that I would not have experienced if I wouldn't have gone through the pruning here. And what's wonderful about it is we think three-dimensionally. We think cause and effect. I fast here and it fixes there. But God does. He's not bound by time and space and the realms that you and I live in. God and God alone can take your fasting here and affect, skip a generation, pick back up with another generation. And he doesn't just do here and there. God does here and then there, 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 and there. He doesn't see one dimensional. He's four dimensions. He operates out of the spirit dimension. So I want you to know that whenever you're fasting here, you may think, well, I'm fasting for this. Well, that's good. And I believe you get that. But don't limit that because I'm telling you, he is an all-consuming God. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. And he's omniscient before he gets out of bed. He's all of it. And a bag of chips. So he can just, he'll blow your mind. That's why the Bible says he's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all you could ever ask, think, hope, or imagine. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Poor poor guy, Paul, he ran out of adjectives. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above everything you could hope, drink, theme, or imagine. That's just who we serve. And that's why we fast. So I'm encouraging you. Fasting's cutting away. Allow there to be some cutting away. But also fasting is building up. It's you on this bike. Day after day. And then things begin to change. Not just here and now. But dimensions that you don't even know exist. Are available. Because Jesus made it available for you and I to flourish. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did, that you became the vine so that we could be 
the branches so that we could flourish in every part, every facet of our life. But thank you, Lord, that we submit to the pruning of the vine dresser, our Father. He knows what we need before we even ask for. We allow Him to cut off things that we don't need and shape us, move us, so that we can be more productive. Thank you, Lord, for these next three weeks as we get together. Fast, seek your face, and see what you would have for us to do. I encourage you, just while you're even sitting there, if you're here, you say, you know, I don't... uh, I don't know what I'm fasting for. I don't know. Listen, that, that, that's not cause for you not to participate. Because you may not get real clarity until maybe one day or one week into it. And then suddenly he'll come in and say, this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm trying to cut out. This is where I want you to be more productive, more fruitful. So just purpose in your heart. Say, God, I'll submit to it. However, uh, however you want to use me, however, whatever you want me to do, uh, I'm willing to go there. And I believe it'll be the best month of your year could be this month where you just plant and invest in your spiritual life then let him bring the harvest the rest of this year and years to come in your field and then fields that you haven't even thought of yet there'll be a harvest in your kids or grandkids relationships marriage business every anything's possible to us as believers